Sunshine Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a celebration of a crazy, you'll hardly ever see it moment in the National Hockey League. The emergency backup goaltender, David Ayers. Do you know how many emergency backups there are in sports and in life? Did you know that about 99.9999% of the time, they never get their number called? David Ayers didn't even have a number. They had to make one up and then stitch his name on the back of the jersey as the Canes won at Toronto. The bad news was that starter James Reimer and backup Peter Morazic both got hurt against the Maple Leafs. The fun news was that the Canes rallied around their e-bug. That is emergency, back, up, goaltender. A lot of lifetime hockey fans don't even know the rules for such things. But at every game, there is somebody whose name you don't know, who has some minimal background in hockey, that just in the rare example of a single team losing both of their rostered goalies in the same game to injuries to which they cannot return in that game. Yeah, you plug in a guy you've never met in most cases. In fact, David Ayers went from Zamboni driver and backup practice goalie for the Maple Leafs to beating the Maple Leafs. 6-3 Canes at Toronto. David is going to be among our guests tomorrow. He has been on the Today Show. He was on Golic and Wingo on ESPN Radio earlier today. He is a 42-year-old guy who's been in hockey for his whole life, but of course thought that that dream had come and gone a long time ago. He has fun working out with the Toronto Maple Leafs and sometimes their minor league team, the Marlies. Did you know that tomorrow in Raleigh, North Carolina, it will be David Ayers Day as declared by the mayor of Raleigh, Mary Ann Baldwin. And oh, by the way, after he joins us on the David Glenn Show, he will be the siren sounder tomorrow night. As the Canes host Dallas, I will be there in my on-the-glass seats. I have, I have been the one to sound the siren before Canes games many times. I have never been fortunate enough to win a game while in net for the Canes. I've played in their media cup as a goaltender. We'll talk to another goalie today, Mike Maniscalco. He was once in the opposing net, the side rink reporter for the Carolina Hurricanes. He is uh, a goalie at heart. He is, of course, an NHL expert. We will talk about that national hockey sensation, David Ayers, as we also pick over. The NFL has a big week upon us. It was a big weekend for boxing fans with Tyson Fury taking out Deontay Wilder in a heavyweight championship bout in Vegas. It was a big weekend in the NBA, including, I thought, the game of the weekend yesterday where LeBron James and former Duke star Jason Tatum were both spectacular as the Lakers and the Celtics revisited that old rivalry, and it was a barn burner. Awesome displays by those two superstars as the Lakers edged the Celtics in the game of the weekend between two teams that like to think that they have a shot at this year's NBA title. It was a big weekend, and it is a big week in college basketball. Looking backward real quickly, it was, among other things, 
Duke getting back in the win column. NC State putting up a good fight but falling at home to Florida State. No back-to-back top 10 wins for the Wolfpack, but State's got to get right back at it. As we welcome your best and worst of the weekend phone calls and as the lines are already lighting up across North Carolina, we ask you what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that over these last three days? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? Looking forward in college hoops, State goes to Carolina. I remember the Tar Heels, even in this year of misery, beat the Wolfpack in Raleigh, so that's the return match. Duke is at Wake Forest also tomorrow night. Louisville is at Florida State, a battle between two of the three best teams along with Duke in the ACC. As we speak, the Wolfpack and UVA are still teams four and five from the ACC in the big bracket, according to most of the bracketologists, everybody not named Duke and Florida State and Louisville still has a little work to do. You can't just stop winning and expect to be on the right side of the bubble come Selection Sunday. We will celebrate the weekend that was. Tyson Fury of England, your heavyweight champion of the world. David Ayers of the Hurricanes, your emergency backup goaltender that has set the NHL ablaze. Did you know that the NHL's trade deadline is today? Did you know that your Carolina Hurricanes were among the teams that made one of the bigger deals? Apologies to Eric Halla and Lucas Walmark fans. They were part of the four-man package sent to the Florida Panthers. Those two guys and two minor league prospects go to the Panthers in exchange for 26-year-old centerman Vincent Trocek. He has been a second-line center. He has scored 20 goals. He has scored 30 goals. He has not been as good this year or last year. But the Canes get a guy who's been a 30-goal scorer, who has worked on the power play, who can help on the penalty kill. That is a heck of a centerman, centerman, centerman lineup when you look at the revised Carolina Hurricanes roster. Vincent Trocek on his way. Sounds like an international guy, right? Trocek, a lot of checks out there in the NHL. He's actually from Pittsburgh and Detroit through his childhood and his family upbringing. So another American joins the Carolina Hurricanes, and he has been one of distinction. He's in year four of a six-year contract worth almost $5 million a year. So this is a guy who has played at a high level in the NHL, the newest member of your Carolina Hurricanes. Again, four guys headed to Florida in return on that trade deadline day deal announced a little bit earlier by the Canes. LeBron and the Lakers, Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, the Milwaukee Bucks, Patrick Reed on the PGA Tour, Joey Logano on the NASCAR circuit. All sorts of best and worst from the college basketball world, including close to home. Not an ugly loss for the Wolfpack, but a disappointing one. They had a chance. It got away. State can get back in the win column, but against an opponent that is it rarely has beaten during the Roy Williams era in Chapel Hill. Again, that one is tomorrow night. Beyond the obvious on the rink, on the court, on the field type stuff, XFL Week 3 included there, we have Kobe Bryant's memorial service today. Basically, as we speak, that is getting underway. We also had on Saturday a special anniversary. It was the 40th for the Miracle on Ice. Team USA was actually honored in Las Vegas. Not every living member of the team was there, but a huge majority were part of this 40th anniversary celebration. ESPN and ABC did a lot of great stuff surrounding that. 
The miracle movie from Disney was all over your airwaves all weekend, celebrating, of course, in 1980 at Lake Placid. The Olympic gold was grabbed by the American college kids. They beat the Soviet Union in that famous semifinal game way back on February 22, 1980. So this past Saturday was the 40th anniversary of that. Among others, the Vegas Golden Knights of the NHL included Team USA in their celebrations this weekend. 1-800-849-2761. I have a lot more on the weekend that was. It was Cassius Stanley among those leading Duke in a big win over Virginia Tech. It was Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams and others leading Florida State over NC State. It was Jordan Wara and Malik Williams and others leading Louisville past a UNC team that is now 10-17 and 17 and obviously headed to the first losing season of Roy Williams' entire college coaching career, which as an assistant dates all the way back to 1978 when a guy named Dean Smith hired him as an aide in Chapel Hill. Shout out to Jaden Gardner of ECU, one of the best players in our state. The Pirates are not having a great season overall, but Gardner was unbelievable as usual as the Pirates beat Temple in Greenville. Isaiah Miller and UNC Greensboro had a nice comeback win. The Spartans are second in the Southern Conference as we speak. Wes Miller's team, James Forrest of App State, Jabri Blunt of Central, Ronald Jackson of A&T, John Axel Goodmanson, of the Davidson Wildcats, another great performance individually, another big win. Shout out to Ron Sanchez, the second-year coach of the Charlotte 49ers as well. They visited a good Western Kentucky team this weekend and got the victory after some really down times in Charlotte. The 49ers are back on track. They're up to fourth place in the CUSA and got a nice win on the road against one of the better teams in that conference this weekend. Nationally, Kansas, number three, goes to Baylor, number one. And the Jayhawks got the victory, splitting that Big 12 series. The Bears had won at Kansas earlier this year. BYU knocked off Gonzaga, just the second loss of the year for the Zags. And UNLV gave San Diego State, which you may or may not know a lot about, but they had not lost this season, the Aztecs. UNLV got that done at SDSU. The Aztecs are still 26-1 and and considered by many still a number one seed were those Selection Sunday decisions made today. They are not made today. We have a lot to discuss. Did you know that the Philadelphia Phillies are changing their famous mascot's outfit to avoid paying the creator royalties? It's, uh, it looks very similar. The Fanatic has lost weight and he appears to have forgotten to wax his eyebrows. Otherwise, it looks mostly like the, the Philly Fanatic that I grew up with a long time ago. Along with the San Diego Chicken, the Fanatic, I think, would be considered one of the originals, one of the most popular of all mascots across all sports. A little bit of a weird headline from Major League Baseball spring training. As you all know, the Houston Astros are a weekly worst of the weekend for obvious reasons in that regard. Mike DeCourcy is the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News. He drops by this hour to talk college basketball. Mike Maniscalco of Fox Sports Carolina's Hockey Guy drops by third hour to talk about the emergency backup goaltender David Ayers, who again will join our show tomorrow. We'll have a lot on hockey, a lot on basketball, college and pro, a little boxing, a little golf, a little NASCAR, and a little bit on a lot of other things. Shout out as well to ECU and NC State and Duke, all three of those college baseball teams swept their opponents this weekend 
and look well positioned for good seasons. Tobin in Chapel Hill wants to get the phone calls rolling. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? More on the weekend that was and the week to come, NFL, NBA, college hoops, and otherwise, you can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on The David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks who work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. I got a bunch of text messages and said, get in there. And uh, someone came into the room and like, hey, you better get dressed. Hey, you're going out there. So I was uh, a little shocked, but I'm loving it. I'm tying my life out there. I've been on this ice many times without fans. Put fans in the mix, and it's a whole different game, obviously. But uh, hey, once in a lifetime, I'll take it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. We are taking your statewide phone calls right now. Best and Worst of the Weekend style. That was a popular pick. His name is David Ayers. You could be a passionate hockey fan and until this weekend not have known that he even existed. He is a best of the weekend at the age of 42 after making as an emergency backup goaltender in the most unlikely of scenarios an appearance in the Toronto Carolina hockey game this weekend. He actually was born and raised in Ontario. He practices with the Toronto minor league team. He sometimes shows up at skills sessions and other events to work out with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the parent club. If you are an emergency goalie, and as we come to your calls, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports weekend and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? Mike DeCourcy later this hour on College Hoops. Mike Maniscalco on the emergency backup goaltender, the Carolina Hurricanes making a trade here on NHL trade deadline day. Your questions, comments, and votes are also welcome, of course. It's Memorial Service Day for Kobe Bryant. It's Miracle on Ice anniversary from Lake Placid and hockey fans for different reasons from 40 years ago. It is a big week in the NHL. One more year to run in that league's collective bargaining agreement, but the owners have put a proposal in front of the players who may vote as early as this Wednesday on a new deal that would expand the regular season to 17 games, expand the playoffs to 14 teams, but would also give the players in exchange, among other things, a higher percentage of the revenue. Big weekend in boxing. Tyson Fury has another championship belt, this one at the expense of Deontay Wilder in Las Vegas. LeBron James and Jason Tatum were NBA best of the weekends. Patrick Reed on the golf course. Joey Logano on the NASCAR circuit. You can be next with your question, comment, or ballot, 1-800-849-2761. Just so everybody can put this in perspective, as we go to Tobin and Chapel Hill and you, at 1-800-849-2761. Emergency backups typically fit a different uh, description. If you are the walk-on guard at one of the colleges or universities that we know, and there's a big game against an ACC-level opponent, unless it is garbage time, you know you're not going to play. There is only one other unlikely scenario, and that is, let's say you're a point guard. The starting point guard gets hurt, the backup point guard gets hurt, and maybe the third string point guard gets hurt. And there you are, maybe on national TV, perhaps, essentially an emergency backup point guard or whatever. Third string quarterbacks in the NFL, we sometimes call them 
emergency QBs, right? They were not really even in the game plan, but like the NFL has to make separate rules just in case both quarterbacks get hurt in the same game, you got to finish with somebody, right? The NHL has had an emergency backup goalie rule for a long time. Unlike these other examples, the difference in 42-year-old David Ayers, he doesn't practice with the Canes. He doesn't really often practice with the Maple Leafs. Those other examples know they're unlikely to get into the game, but they do practice with those coaches, with those game plans, with those teammates all week, every week. David Ayers had never met his Carolina Hurricanes teammates. David Ayers gets paid like other emergency goalies who are not used 99.999% of the time. He gets a $500 check every time he's available, usually because he lives in the Toronto area, at a Leafs home game. The way the rules work, you're available for either team in the extremely unlikely scenario that, remember, the starting goalie has to get hurt, as James Reimer of the Canes did early, and then the backup has to get hurt, as Peter Mrazek did after some kind of weird kamikaze run out of the net, but that's a different story for a different day. The Canes, by the way, have called from Charlotte, their minor league affiliate, both goalies to fill in if needed tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. David Ayers knew going to work that day he was going to get a $500 check. He is a Zamboni driver. He is a maintenance worker in the arena for the AHL team of the Maple Leafs, the Toronto Marlies. He is a regular practice goalie for the Marlies. He is occasionally at Maple Leafs practices, but like other emergency goalies, he has shown up just in case many, many times, only to be not needed. The Canes needed him, and after giving up goals on the first two shots he faced, he ended up getting the win in a 6-3 Canes victory. It was as unlikely a scenario as I can recall as a lifelong hockey fan. Again, for those just joining us, as we go to your calls, Tobin in Chapel Hill will be first up. He has this best of the weekend on his mind. Ayers will be in Raleigh tomorrow night. He will be the siren sounder. He will be a guest here on the David Glenn Show prior to the Canes hosting Dallas. The Canes are giving him some of the royalties of the David Ayers number 90 jersey that they're now selling or shirts. Uh, he's also a kidney transplant survivor. His hockey career was derailed almost two decades ago. Remember, he's 42 years old. So he's in his mid-20s. He's bouncing around the very, very low levels of professional hockey. He actually, his last year with a team called the Norwood Vipers, he gave up 58 goals in eight games. That's not good. And his record was zero wins and eight losses. That is also really bad. He needed a kidney transplant. His mother was the donor, and the Canes have asked him to find an organization where maybe some of the proceeds can go to help others in need of kidney transplants. It's just an unbelievable sports story, an unbelievable human being story. The Canes, if you missed it, rallied around him on the ice even some of the Maple Leafs were giving him, like, pad taps of respect as they knew this guy was fulfilling a dream that must have died long ago. Instead, he not only plays, after looking shaky, he, he makes a bunch of saves. The Canes played like maniacs in front of him. The Canes, Rod Brendamore was as proud of that as anything else. You're playing crazy tough for, in front of a complete stranger, basically, because especially after you saw those first two goals go in, 
you know that you need to not only minimize the shots the guy faces, but minimize the quality shots. The Canes were playoff intensity as they beat the Maple Leafs 6-3 to with the help of the new hero, David Ayers. Tobin in Chapel Hill, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. How's it going, David? I'm doing great, man. I can't believe this story. I'll tell you what. You know, John always says sit back and enjoy this one. I mean, this is why we watch, man. I mean, seriously, you can't make this stuff up. So I wonder how Tom Dundon is feeling about buying the Hurricanes now. Because <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes continue to make history, right? Yep. We got a teenager dusting off his lacrosse skills twice in games that we've won. Yep. Then we got you know, Grizzly Adams-Williams peeling himself up off the Barca lounger because he feels like, you know, hitting a couple shootout winners to keep us on the cut line. Yep. And now we've got a 42-year-old houseman ice rink lifer going <laughs> mamba mentality in the third period against a decent hockey team to, again, keep us at the cut line. You can't make this stuff up, No, man. you I'm can't. Curious. Hey, and so let's, i got one question. And let's one add, question. by the way, I'll let you keep going. How about yep. double-digit sellouts at PNC Arena? As you, oh, just, you know, mean, as it, you it, describe that crescendo. So we all got to wear shades in that, in that place. Amen. But, yeah, so, so my question to you then is, for a, for a cold, hard slap of reality, you know, how are we going to win 12 more games, give or take, with Alex Nadelkovich, and do we need to address Trip Tracy? Yeah, and thanks right. a lot for the show, man. It's a great show. Hey, thank you, Tobin. Trip Tracy, of course, is a former goaltender, Ivy League and otherwise. Heck, Maniscalco is a goaltender in his spare time. I've played a little goalie in my lifetime. They actually changed the rules. Darren, do you remember when we had George Alves on our show? George Alves, what is his title? Equipment manager. And he had to play in an actual game for the Canes under unusual circumstances. And remember, that was a great story. That was picked up not only all over the hockey world, all over the sports world. And George was our guest. And it was a little bit different in that the guys knew George. Like the Canes had taken shots on George, who was like, you know, the practice goalie sometimes, et cetera. The NHL actually changed some rules so that the emergency goalie cannot be on the payroll of the parent club. Because if you're the emergency goalie, remember, you show up as being available for either team. And the NHL must have been concerned about, well, wait a minute, if you're on this team's payroll, what if you get called in by the other team? And George ended up playing for the Canes, and that's different, and that worked out fine, and he had his moment in the sun. And there he was, wasn't he an interested spectator in Toronto, as 42-year-old Zamboni driver David Ayers gets his moment in the sun. Uh, but the bottom line is Tobin is right. Rod Brindamore said in the locker room after the game, hey, guys, this man gave us a memory. You know, Rod Brindamore has been in hockey as a player, assistant coach, now head coach, Basically, his whole life, dating back to teenage and even earlier than that. You can't chalk that kind of a night up as something that is anything close to run-of-the-mill. Rod Brindamore will probably remember that bizarro world game. I was getting texts from Kaniacs throughout the game. My phone actually died because people were on the edge of their seats wondering, can this Zamboni driver actually protect, what was it, a 3-2 lead at some point? It is as unlikely as anything you'll ever see for a guy who goes from complete no-name and, again, complete stranger to the Carolina Hurricanes, unlike George Alves in that great story of yesteryear, to a guy who stopped all the shots he needed to stop in the third period. He even, as a guy who grew up in the area, got an ovation from the Toronto Maple Leafs fans 
when he was announced as the first star and skated out onto the ice. A lot of times when the visiting player is the first star, they don't even bother to go out there. He did, and for obvious reasons, fortunately, a lot of Toronto fans were classy enough to give him the kind of ovation that you would want a 42-year-old Zamboni driver living a dream that he thought had died long ago would uh, like to keep in the treasure chest forever. 1-800-849-2761. The big rig, Mike Maniscalco, will not be in net for the Canes tomorrow night. He will join us here on the David Glenn Show as a guest in about 90 minutes. We'll talk all things hockey, including the Canes trade deadline day acquisition of 26-year-old Florida Panthers centerman Vincent Trocheck. I think you're going to like this deal, Kaniacs. More on that acquisition and other things. David Ayers included, of course, with Mike Maniscalco in our third hour. On the other side, Kansas beat Baylor, BYU beat Gonzaga, UNLV handed San Diego State its first loss of the season. Around here, Duke crushed Virginia Tech, Florida State edged NC State, Carolina lost at Louisville. We have the big four going head-to-head tomorrow night in our backyard. State at Carolina, Duke at Wake Forest. Tonight, it's Louisville at Florida State in a battle of two of the best teams in the ACC along with those Blue Devils. Mike DeCourcy is a Hall of Fame college basketball writer for the Sporting News. He's a versatile guy and knows a lot about a lot of other things as well. He joins us next on the David Glenn Show. More of your best and worst of the weekend. Phone calls, questions, comments, miracle on ice memories, Kobe Bryant memorial service observations, and a little bit more on a lot of things. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw in the weekend that was? You can join us later by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Mike DeCourcy joins us next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More on the NHL trade deadline day. I think Mike DeCourcy's Pittsburgh Penguins just picked up Patrick Marlowe. Your Canes made a deal for 26-year-old Panthers centerman Vincent Trocek. We'll get to your Kobe Bryant memorial stuff, miracle on ice anniversary stuff, Tyson Fury boxing champion again over Deontay Wilder this time, some NBA, a lot of college basketball, of course, but joining us now to discuss mostly college hoops, he is the Hall of Fame writer for the Sporting News. Find his work at SportingNews.com. Mike DeCourcy, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It was a huge weekend. Kansas goes to Baylor and beats them in Waco and is the new number one in the polls. Gonzaga lost to BYU. San Diego State finally lost for the first time this year to UNLV. Did any of those top teams uh, did you change your opinion of any of those top teams either over the weekend or in recent weeks because of performance or injuries or anything else? Uh, no, I, I, I had my Kansas opinion reinforced. I, I thought that they were becoming one of the the favorites to win it all. They are not a dynamic three-point shooting team, and it's going to be interesting to see if that's an obstacle for them. They are not a poor three-point shooting team. Well, and, the, and the reason you can be a, not a particularly effective three-point shooting team but also not be a poor three-point shooting team, it's pretty simple, Dave. Don't shoot them. Yeah. If, you can't, <laughs> if you can't make them, don't shoot them. So they, they, they take the ones they can make, and so they shoot a reasonable percentage. 
but they're very low in terms of three-point baskets per basket made because they they know what they can do, and and I I respect that. It, it, it's been a long time since 1995 when UCLA won the championship with four three-pointers, I believe, total wow. at the Final Four. I think they had two in each game, if I remember correctly. I don't know that they're, we're going to get quite to that level, but it wouldn't surprise me if we flirted with it. Bill Self said after the game that he believes in his 17 years at Kansas, Baylor is the best team that his Jayhawks have played against. And he, and he shouted out, you know, a great Oklahoma State team from a decade and a half ago, also Texas Tech just last year, I think it was. Um, it, you know Bill Self better than I. Is, is he a guy that when he makes a grandiose statement like that, you know, you believe him, or is that just being nice to the team you just beat in Waco? No, I think Bill's a tremendous salesman. And, uh, you know, any, any great college basketball coach, that's one of his primary values, one of his primary assets. If you are, if you are a Hall of Fame college basketball coach, that goes from Mike Krzyzewski to Dean Smith to, to, to uh, Rick Pitino to Bob Huggins to John Calipari, you are, you are an excellent salesman. And some of those guys are better at that particular skill, and maybe some others are better at X and O's or motivation, whatever, but you, you, you can't be that because you have to get the guys, and the way you get the guys is you sell. And so for Bill Self to come out and say that this was the best team that he's played in the Big 12, I, I, could, I could name teams in the Big 12 that he's played that would, be, that would probably exceed this team, especially in terms of individual talent and therefore feeling. If, if you have if you have dynamic, great talent and, and, and the kind of players who win NCAA championships, that's, you know, that's the difference. And, and I think Baylor is excellent. I think they're really strong. And, and they're so you – know, like if you want to say the best team, emphasis on the word team and how they all elevate one another, okay, I can maybe buy that. But I don't think that he was being that precise. Regarding head coaching skill sets, I wanted to get you to chime in from afar on something that rattled our cage here locally. When NC State handed Duke that annihilation, and I mean, you know the deal, NC State set certain records with its biggest win over Duke or this top 10 opponent, et cetera, and it was like Coach K's worst loss to an unranked team, you know, in 40 years. It was truly, you know, the 88-66 abomination. You chimed in on handshake gate. Did you take any meaning away from the brief Kevin Keats-Mike Krzyzewski exchange where it looked like Kevin Keats was trying to point to something or gesture about something, and Coach K just did kind of a quick walking shake? No, I, I, just, I hate the whole process. I think it's ridiculous. It, 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 the only thing it exists for, it, and especially with Twitter now, is for people to look at it and then make and make a comment on it and try to embarrass the coach who did it the, in the way that the comments are disapproved of. I, I'm sick of it. I, I can't hate it more. I mean, it, it's it's and I don't care if it's Mike. I don't care if it's Calipari. I don't care if it's Izzo. I don't care who it is. It's just the dumbest thing we do in sports. And and, and of course, it could be Bill Belichick. I mean, the guy. You know, he's won six Super Bowls, and, and, you know, and that's his plus. And then there's, on, the, on the negative side, there's Spygate, and yet we still want to worry about how, how or whether he shakes hands. I mean, I just can't even imagine anything dumber. If you want, if sportsmanship is not about that, okay? Sportsmanship is about how you treat the game 
within the game? Do you try to cheat your opponents by faking and falling down on plays that you and they know you, they, you didn't get hit? That's not sportsmanship. If they run into you and you fall down, God bless you, you got to charge. But if you start to go down when the guy's getting to you yeah. so that you can make it appear that you are being charged into, I'm sorry. That is not sportsmanship. And that's what, that's what real sportsmanship is instead of this phony uh, display that everybody needs to see so they can, you know, so that 700 guys with cameras can take a picture of it, uh, guys and ladies, I should say, and the TV cameras can capture it if it's a handshake line. It, 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 it is purposeless. Mike DeCourcy is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Follow him on Twitter. Always fun at TSN Mike. Find his work for the Sporting News at SportingNews.com. Last year, you joined us a lot, and we talked about, among other things, you know, Kentucky did win a national title led by one-and-done guys under John Calipari years ago, but they also had a couple of really quality veteran contributors. Same with Duke when Quinn Cook was the senior five years ago, uh, and he led a, a several star one-and-done guys to the Blue Devils national title. When Duke lost to NC State that way, uh, Coach K talked about, you know, losing to a more experienced team, losing to the more hungry team. When Coach, when Duke lost to Louisville and Clemson earlier this year, he talked about both opponents being older and more experienced, et cetera. What is your evaluation of the Blue Devils along those lines right now? Because last year's experiment, you know, did end in the Elite Eight, but with an ACC title with Zion Williamson and those guys. But four of the top six Devils this year, are true freshmen. And, uh, you know, it's kind of getting late in the game to say that you're still learning freshman lessons. Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is that if there, other than, you know, other than the obvious, if there's any one and done's in there, they're going to be more done than one. I mean, it, that, that, I think that's the first thing you need to understand is that the, the level of talent in Duke's freshman class this year, relative to the, to the key classes we've talked about in the past, whether it's uh, last year, uh, with Zion and, and RJ, or uh, prior to that with Marvin Bagley, uh, or prior to that with Ja and Justice, etc. And those guys were those guys were legit, and and their classes were legit. This is the worst freshman class, hopefully, that any of us will ever see. And I don't mean the case of Duke. I'm not running right, right. down Duke yeah. guys. I'm talking about every player, every you know, everybody from one to four hundred or whatever the the recruiting guys rank on average, is at least a half step below what their corresponding uh, ranking would be in any other class. It's not there. And so if you are freshman heavy in this class and you're having the kind of success Duke has, you're way above the curve. You're you're, you're doing great Uh, because they are, you know, they do have multiple freshmen and and they do contribute. And to get that many good players out of this class is pretty remarkable. Because the, the the I mean the guy the kind of guys that we're used to seeing and we're so used to seeing in American basketball, uh, you know Zion and RJ go through and the, and and their group goes through and then right behind it is you know it's usually a you know an Anthony Davis or a LeBron or whatever I mean yep. well, maybe not so much LeBron I mean there's only one of him about every 50 years but I mean you're you're used to seeing the, this talent uh, continuum conti- just churn out over and over. And this year is, is just an interruption in that. There are some very good players. Uh, Anthony Edwards is terrific. Isaiah Stewart out at Washington is terrific, obviously. 
you know, uh, uh, you know, Duke has, you know, has their guy and he's great. Uh, but there just aren't very many of them, and and they, and to the level that of excellence that we're accustomed, they don't really reach that pretty much. So I, I I give Duke a ton of credit for being able to achieve what they have, grabbing four guys out of this year's class and putting them on the floor with some good veterans like Trey Jones. Mike DeCourcy is with us. Duke remembers back at it at Wake Forest tomorrow night. NC State visits UNC tomorrow night. Remember, the Tar Heels got the Wolfpack in Raleigh earlier this year. Roy Williams has played the hammer to the Wolfpack's nail uh, during his time with Kansas and UNC. Tonight, we actually get Louisville at Florida State in ACC play. Mike, when you look at those other two ACC powers, you know, Duke is number seven in today's new poll. Florida State is number six. Louisville is number 11. Uh, Virginia and NC State are also on the right side of many bubbles right now. But when you watch these two teams go head-to-head, Louisville and Florida State, Seminoles beat the Wolfpack in Raleigh this weekend. Louisville beat Carolina convincingly, but you saw their recent kind of bizarro world two-game losing streak. Which of those two teams do you like better uh, as they go head-to-head tonight in Tallahassee? You know, it, it's interesting you say bizarro world, Dave, because last week I was on, I do a regular spot in Louisville, uh, and I said, here's, the, here's how you know this system is, com- this season, excuse me, is completely turned on its head. Louisville is going to get well this week by playing Syracuse and Carolina. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, that's how crazy this season <laughs> has been in so many After ways. After losing to Georgia Tech and Clemson, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, not good, and not good Georgia Tech and Clemson teams, by the way. It's just, it, it, I've never seen a year like this. It's, I've, I'm having a blast with it. A lot of people are upset because, like, the same five teams aren't all one to five. But I, I think it's really cool. But uh, in terms of Louisville versus Florida State, I think the key for Louisville here. And, and what they what they should the, the advantage they should take into this game relative to in the past is they've now stopped trying to convince themselves that someone other than David Johnson is their point guard, and that's a that's a huge plus for them. You, you saw when they visited Duke, uh, he was their guy, yeah. uh, and and he and he ran the show, and he leads an upset at Duke, and then he comes back and he's basically right back in the same spot he was, and. I just, I didn't think that, you know, I mean, I'm not in their practices and all that, but I didn't think that that made sense relative to where you want to be in March. Maybe he needed a few more lessons or whatever uh, so that he could be ready for these games. And maybe that's why it took this this long. But now he's, now he's playing there. I, I, I was surprised they started him for the first time against Syracuse, but they did, and he was really good, and he was really, really good against Carolina over the weekend. And and I think that he'll be the guy down the stretch. And so once he's their point guard, then the guy, the value uh, of guys like Fresh Kimball becomes accentuated because he's not trying to be something he's not. I mean, he's a he's a in this le- at this level, at the, you know, and at this level of competition, trying to win the ACC and make the Final Four and those kinds of things. He's a third guard who comes in and gives you energy and 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 some scoring ability. He's not a starting shooting guard that that you ride and try to get, you know, great possessions out of. It doesn't make sense. So I, I think that that will be an advantage for them. But, of course, Florida State will be at home. I think they're, you know, they're, insofar as their crowd is capable of being, I think it will be really energized. And, and there's a lot at, at stake, obviously, for both teams. And the chance to stay on the two-line in my bracket, I'm not saying that I'm the bracket god or whatever, but for most people that, you know, both those teams have been to and, 
And so they, they want to try to be in that picture and as well contend for the ACC title. His name is Mike DeCourcy. Follow him on Twitter at TSN. Mike, find his work at SportingNews.com. Uh, congratulations. The Penguins got 40-year-old Patrick Marlowe. He sees this as a, <laughs> as a last shot at a, an elusive Stanley Cup, man. He's kind of an iconic figure in the hockey world. We're talking about an emergency backup goaltender here in North Carolina, uh, D- David Ayers. <laughs> Can but, you uh, explain this to me, DG? Yeah. Why, why, why doesn't hockey do what soccer does, which is like you get two, you get your goalies hurt, you, somebody's got to strap on the pads and go out there and play. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I, I think that would be more entertaining, even more than bringing a guy off the Zamboni. Well, like in, in uh, Little League and Babe Ruth League, we had to have emergency catchers. I'm left-handed. And I, I, I occasionally was an emergency catcher because nobody else on the team would do it. But, yeah, you don't have some magical Zamboni driver appearing out of nowhere to be your third catcher, right, or your third NFL quarterback or your third uh, soccer goaltender. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me how they do it. Uh, you get 500 bucks a game, Mike, and you have to be available for either team. And I haven't seen the numbers, but apparently like 99.9999% of the time, of course, the emergency goaltender is never used, which is an, a nice I way to pick up you, 500 bucks, right? I will tell you, I had no idea until Saturday night that such a thing existed. Yeah, I, and I, now you yeah. you you told me something I did not know. <laughs> I could I could that's, I could get some part time work. <laughs> hey man, you tell us stuff we don't know all the time, so that's our gift back to you. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, DG. You got it at TSNMikeSportingNews.com. I I said earlier today, I know a lot of hockey fans. of the knowledgeable hockey fans that I know did not know how emergency goalie-type stuff works, did not know that there's a 42-year-old dude who hasn't played professionally in almost two decades who drives a Zamboni uh, and cleans the arena for a minor league team, and there he was in a Canes uniform on Saturday night in Toronto, getting the win along the way. Unbelievable story. David Ayers will be among our guests tomorrow. Mike Maniscalco of the Canes will be our guest in hour number three. Your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, and otherwise, what was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw in the weekend of sports? And what made it that? You can join by dialing 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Um, You know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Hour two, we come back to your calls to start things. 1-800-849-2761. Best and worst of the weekend includes the miracle on ice for hockey fans. Thoughts on Kobe Bryant's memorial service today. Tyson Fury in boxing. Patrick Reed in golf. Joey Logano in NASCAR. And, of course, David Ayers of the Hurricanes and a whole lot of basketball. 1-800-849-2761. My thoughts and yours next. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.